Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman and this is a podcast which is dedicated to all things Manchester City. If you've not listened before, then welcome along. If you're a regular listener, then thanks very much. Make sure you've subscribed and then you can um, make sure that it's delivered the new podcast into your inbox each and every week. Uh, my special guest today is Gary Owen, former City player. I know he's a very, very popular uh, ex-City player. Always delighted to have him on and very appreciative of him to give up his time. Also got uh, Stephen and Harlan, two of the regulars. Um, I should say, after last week uh, explaining that uh, I no longer have a, or at the moment anyway, have no sponsor for the podcast, that that situation hasn't changed, although a lot of people have said some nice things in support, which I really appreciate, hopefully. We can continue on with the, the podcast for this season, but for these opening two or three, um, we'll, we'll return and see how things go. Uh, the YouTube vlogs uh, do have sponsorship, uh, for which I'm very appreciative, so they will carry on. I will be in Greece in midweek for the Super Cup game and continue to do what I've been doing, which is going home and away and putting uh, videos out of every match day. So uh, thanks very much for your support. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And thanks for, as I say, listening. So let's go straight away to Gary, who uh, studied <coughs> City. He's a massive City fan, as well as being an ex-City player. And get your early thoughts. I mean, I know it's only been one Premier League game, Gary, and one Community Shield, three pre-season matches before that. But we've seen all the others as we record this, apart from United and Wolves. What, what's your verdict so far, Gazza? Well, I think it's, uh, I think for Pep, uh, to get his his all all his players back for pre season because that's not happened in previous years. We've had players come back at different times, but seemed to get everybody back. Everybody went on tour. Uh, okay, um, we lost against uh, Atletico. The team was changed at half time, and it was. It, we know pre season is all about getting players a little bit of um, time in the legs. Um, because our pre-season compared to how it was is is minimal, you know. They, because some of our players played right up till maybe only having three weeks rest, which is which is not um, which is not the best preparation. If you ask Pepe, he'd say the same thing. You have some four or five weeks off, but because of the schedule these days, you can't do it. But the, the, the results, yeah, we all want to win. But I wasn't too disappointed when we got beat by Atletico. We won the other games, of course. It was all being geared to um, to come, even including the Community Shield. Of course, we wanted to win that. And listen, nobody's going to argue we didn't want to win it. <clears throat> and although Arsenal says, oh, right now, with that block that we've had has gone, what do you mean? Because they drew with us. Oh, maybe because they beat us on penalties. So that, that means that block's gone. Now, let's just hope that they have five penalties when they play against us, because that's how, how they won the game. But in in all sense and purposes, if it's a league game, they draw one one, and you know would would we still play thirty minutes or whatever it was of uh, of added time? How oh, that's going to work this season? I've no idea. But either way, okay, we didn't win the Community Shield. We'd like to have won it. Okay, well done, Arsenal. You beat some penalties. Abbey Community Shield. It all started at Burnley on Friday evening, and it was a professional performance. Of course, when you play against teams that come up from from the Championship into the Premier League. You know that it's fresh, it's new to them, it's excitable for the fans, for the players, for the manager. But in Vincent, I think he's realistic enough to know that he said before the game that it's not the Manchester Cities that he's, he's going to be concerned about. It's the other ones where he's going to have to get points because they have an advantage, Manchester City, nobody else does. 
it's it's very hard to get any advantage over them, and that proven to, to be that way. Yes, we, we beat them three. We could have beaten by double, really. Uh, but having said that, I think Vince was happy. There was only three for, for the morale of the team, but for us, great win. <clears throat> Uh, was able to, you know, was able to play players, take them off, bring them on. The sad part again, Kevin, with his hamstring, so that we need to get to the bottom of that and find out exactly what needs to be done that he can't keep recurring. Um, but you know, as I said to you before, before we start the podcast, it's not the worst start of the season for, for us actually, because in the past we've been chasing teams. It might be if all goes to plan, and I know you can't. Uh, you can't expect to win every game, but if you're going to win the league, no matter what part of the season that you're in, if you're going to win the league, you have to beat Burnley away. It was a league come up just as much as you have to play Sheffield United away. You have to beat them. You have to beat them. In between that, we've got Newcastle. <laughs> and, you know, a few City fans said, oh, because of the result that Newcastle had 5-1. Yeah, we've seen what Newcastle was like last season. They've added a couple of players to it since, but so have we. But in Newcastle be more concerned about us than we are about them. We'll take them seriously because of what they did last season. We'll take them seriously because they will challenge again this year. Will they win the league? No. The answer is no. Uh, but will they, you know, they've got Champions League to uh, contend with as well. And they also want to try and keep in that top four year in, year out, especially with the investment that is there and the investment that was spent on it. So when you look that we've had Burnley away, OK, we've got Newcastle at home. <clears throat> we would hope to beat Newcastle at home, but it'll, it'll be a difficult game for their manners. Then we've got Sheffield United away, as I said. In any part of the season, you play Sheffield United, you want to win the league, you have to beat them home and away. Then we play Fulham at home, you have to beat Fulham. West Ham away, as we've done in previous seasons, our form against New uh, West Ham has been excellent. We may have one of the players uh, at Pacatia, might even be playing against against them by the time we get to September the 16th. Um, but we've got West Ham away. Then we've got Forest at home, the Wolves away. Now we have a, those eight games. You would be looking to pick up a lot of points in those eight games because then you go into another batch. And and uh, as, as many managers have said before, you don't play a season looking at the whole lot. You, you do it in mini leagues. That's our first mini league, those eight games. Then you've got, you go into a six mini league, which will then... The point that we picked up then, we're able to maybe give a little bit of um, of breathing space, you would hope, because then we play Arsenal away. Then we play Brighton at home, because Brighton, you've seen with the 4-1 win already, I know it's Luton, but you've seen them last season under uh, uh, the, the manager. He wants to play a type of football that's attacking and scoring goals. They proved difficult for us last season, uh, home and away. So then we've got them at home. Then we've got the Derby United away. Then we've got Bournemouth at home. Then we've got Chelsea away and then Liverpool at home. So in those six games, that will prove the second uh, batch of games, which will, will prove, you know, the points that we've got already leading up to that, you would hope, that gives a little bit of, a bit of breathing space because you'd imagine Arsenal, <coughs> excuse me, as much as I don't like to say it, maybe United, maybe Chelsea and maybe Liverpool will all be vying for that top four. And as I've always said, the one that takes the most points of the team that finish in the top four will, will finish at the league, second, third and fourth. It's happened that over many years. So whoever wins the league will take more points off the team that finishes second, third and fourth. And hopefully that will be us. And I have no reason to think with the squad that we have that it won't happen again. And I do believe, which I said last season, I said again this season, 
Anybody that finishes above City will win the league. So for me, I think City will win the league again. If we don't, it'll only be one team, and whichever team that will be, they're going to have to be the best because we're a difficult side to dislodge, and uh, I'm looking forward to the season. One question and one observation to make yeah. before I bring the other lads in. Uh, the observation is, looking at that Burnley game, um, and obviously I was there in the away end watching it close up, but I also watched the Arsenal game, Chelsea against Liverpool. The big difference to me, you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, you've played the game, Gary, I haven't, is the not just the skill, not because you can go through teams player by player and say, well, he's better than him and he'll improve our team, he'll weaken our team. But the thing that Pep seems to have that I don't know how he does it is this sort of extra motivation that he gets every one of the 11 players to not only stretch for every ball and even if they only get a toll to it to get it to one of their teammates, but the players who haven't got the ball are always aware of the angles and gaps that would be available then for whoever the player is who gets possession. And I just think City are phenomenal at that. Is that is that part of what makes Pep special? What makes Pep special is he comes up with different formations, different way of playing, uh, a unique way that the Premier League has, has changed since the days of, of the Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger days. It is a completely different game now. And it, it's a testament to how we play that everybody else tries to play the same way. And I don't just mean the Premier League. I mean, down to grassroots football. They all want to play that way. Now, that's not by luck that we're able to play that way. We do. We've done that for... Uh, Pep's been at the club now, is it seven years, eight years? We've done that every day, whether that's morning, afternoon and night. People go to bed with that in their brain because it's instilled into them. And whoever comes into them, they say it takes a little while for players to adjust. It's because, not just because of the, of, of the type of player they are, but just of how we play. And it does take time uh, because you just can't come in because there's that much that you have to take in. And you you listen to players now who, who say, you know, the information that's given to you is that, that much, it's very hard to take it all in. But the ones that take it in the quickest are the ones that end up in the team. Uh, because they're all equally as talented as each other. There's no two ways about it. And I mean, not the ones that's in the 11 playing, but the ones on the bench. So the ones that take it on board quickly enough, does exactly what he's supposed to do and uses his talents. They seem to be the ever-ready ones. So for me, although everybody tries to play the way the, uh, the City play, and Arteta is almost copying, uh, obviously having been with Pep for so a few years, He's took that same principle. He's working on that same um, uh, that same way, not just principle, but the same way of playing with his team. But at the moment, he'll get caught because he's only been doing it for two years. Pep's been doing this for seven, eight years. Barteta has the luxury of being there for that length of time, I believe. With the backing, he'll bring the players, as Pep have done, and he will have a team that will match more Manchester City in years to come than they did last year. Um but for me, and I'll say it again, whoever finishes above City will win the league, but I do believe that we will win it again this year. So the, the question is, is about fans, because we had a long discussion last week about the fans at Wembley and how they were different. Mm -hmm. There was a smaller percentage of vociferous fans. And at Burnley... Um, it was just like as you know the old days, if you like, as good as ever. It was deafening in that that city end. Um, my question to you again, as a former player, is: Does that make a difference? Yeah, it does because you know Manchester City. We we've, we've criticised 
United, Chelsea, for their not for their success, but for the supporters that and uh, have come on because the glory hunters. Whoever is the most su- successful team will will get will will get new supporters, and we're no different. You know, we used to say about um, you know from the far east, all the ones going to Old Trafford, or people going to Liverpool, or or whatever. It's happening with us now. You only have to see it. So we're having a different. Um, Breeder fan that's come along, new breeder fan. But uh, you know, I, I do understand why uh, they wanted to boycott that game. Uh, you know, you're kicking off. All right, they brought you forward a bit, but it, you know, it went to extra time. It went to penalties. That put a lot of stress on trying to get away from from London with eight thousand people there to get back to your station to get your train. Because if you miss that, you miss work the next day. You make well, it, it, it's a nightmare all round. But I went to the national football team yesterday, which had not been for many, many years, and I took my boy with me to it for him to see. And so Alex Ferguson came out with a, a comment, and this is exactly right. If you um, if you play with the devil, then you have to accept his rules. If we take the money which is being offered by the TV rights, then you've got to you go down to their tune. If they say you kick off at four o'clock, kick off at four o'clock. If you kick off at eleven o'clock at night, kick off at eleven o'clock at night. Because once you, and, we're, and we've all done it, and we understand why, once you accept the money, you have to accept the rules. And unfortunately, for the hardcore fans, it's been used to three o'clock kickoffs, which again is quite unusual. Because I think if I look back and I look now for September, I think all of our games in September kicked off at three o'clock, which I don't think one kicked off in about two years at three o'clock. So, and again, not one is on TV as, as far as I which again, it's quite baffling for the for for the reigning champions not to be on TV for four matches, as, as I can see, Fulham, West Ham, Forest and Wolves. All right, maybe not the most attractive, but we are the champions. We play a brand of football. You'd have thought that we would have been on one of those games, all three o'clock kickoffs. So um, we have to dance to the tune of, uh, of the paymaster. And as long as we take the money, we'll keep having kickoffs that doesn't suit... Uh, uh, the supporters, especially Northern supporters who are playing down south, it'd still be the same if, if if the games was played up here and the guys from, from the south had to come down here and try and get back, they'd have their complaints. But, uh, you know, we can we can argue and complain. We're not going to change it because we, uh, we're down to their tune. I suspect that the uh, the reason why all those three o'clock kickoffs mm-hmm. are happening in September is because I think there's a rule uh, that the uh, sky and TNT and all the rest of them have to show everybody so many times. So they'll try and get all of the other teams out of the way early on so they can show City a lot as the mm. season goes along. Um, but you, you're dead right, Gary. Let, let me bring the other two in there. Yeah, of course. Um, we've got Steve and and, uh, and Harlan. We'll come to Harlan in a moment. You've listened uh, to a lot of what Gary said. Um, what, what, what I mean, that you can pick up on anything. You can talk about the Burnley game, the title race, the the TV, whatever you want, Steve. The floor is yours. Well, obviously, we'll have to uh, get you to switch your microphone on, otherwise we won't be able to hear you. <laughs> there we go. That's better, I mean, isn't it? That's it. That, yeah. In fact, it sounded more intelligent before. Yeah, I might, uh, I might just ask you to mute yourself if halfway through <laughs> your answer if it's not very good. No, great. I think the, with the three o'clocks as well is that uh, when we have our home games, especially, you find that more more of our away games are on TV than the home games. Is that a lot? Most teams, not all of them, but most teams come and just defend. 
and obviously it's a TV spectacle for them that they they don't want to see that as you know we we have to put up with it by watching that. So uh, I think that's the reason sometimes for TV our own games are not on. But what a great month actually for three o'clock kickoffs. So especially if you're a match going fan, which is which is good and. It's nice to have a month, I think, like that, rather than, well, this Saturday, for the example, 8 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. You know, this is a complete shambles, and it's a it's a late one for us, especially for you working the vlog there. But, as, you know, for the Newcastle fans coming down, it's one thirty in the morning before they're getting home. Well, we know the game's not going to finish till about 10 past 10 because of all the extra injury time and... Uh, that referees are adding on this season. So it's even longer, isn't it? If people start going five or 10 minutes from the end, which a lot of people do at the Etihad, they're going to miss about 20, 25 <laughs> minutes of play, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, well, hopefully that means we're 3-0 up or something because they all seem to do one, don't they, when the third goal goes in. But it, we, I know we were talking you know, before we were recorded, but, and I think this will be a test for Newcastle because they weren't they the worst team last year at wasting time? Uh, you know, all the stats showed it and it'd be, it's going to be really interesting to see where the opposing goalkeeper normally gets booked on 85 minutes, doesn't he, after he started wasting time in the fifth minute. The referee normally waits 80 minutes before he books him. But if it's Edison at an away game, he gets booked after about 35 normally, doesn't he? So we'll see, we'll see what happens from there. But yeah, going back to Gary, I fully agree. You ever if anybody finishes above City, then they'll probably win it, and it will be a little bit tighter. I've just watched that game this afternoon, Chelsea and Liverpool. Both teams look quite good going forward. Both teams look terrible defensively. Uh, I, I I really don't know what to say about Chelsea. They they just baffle me. But uh, they're up to eight hundred million pound in three transfer windows. And they look like complete strangers for the first 15 minutes. Again, uh, and you know, I watched it with my sons, and uh, I think Liverpool's defence is actually their weak point now. And if they're not interested in changing that, then the space behind the fullbacks every time, Van Dijk isn't as good as he was before his injury. So they they, they will be rivals. They, they always will be. But So I'll, I'll end it on this. Maybe we can score at Tottenham away this year. <laughs> Alan, um, you obviously, uh, well, I presume anyway that, well, I know you were at Burnley um, and I know that you've been studying City pre-season and watching these other games. Uh, what's your verdict? Although I'm looking at his screen now and thinking it may well have frozen. Either that or he's, he's, he's now doing an impersonation of somebody who's not moving at all. So it looks like we might have to come back to Harlan. Um, so let me ask the two of you then about this stoppage time stuff. I mean, I put a tweet out a little bit earlier on watching the Brentford game and I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, they added uh, nine, eight minutes, nine minutes on or something like that. And then there was... Uh, a goal scored, and yet he added about five or six seconds on for the goal celebration. I'm thinking, I don't agree with all this extra time in the first place, but where's the consistency in that? I mean, as a player, one of the tactics of, of playing is actually to run the clock down, isn't it, uh, Gary? And goes out all the window with uh, this new refereeing edict. Well, uh, yeah, uh, listen, we want the... Um... We want to get more than the average, I think it's 48 minutes or 42 minutes, whatever it was, 48, I think it is, 48 minutes. 
that the ball is in play out to 90. Now, running the clock down is a little bit different than training injury or and lying down and doing it, you know, running the clock down by keeping possession or checking to the corner flag. It's in play. It is part of the game. So it's not the most attractive one to us, but running the clock down, of course, you understand that. But Pep came up with the... Uh, maybe a little bit tongue-in-cheek. He said, with all these times, why are they doing American football? Stop the clock when it goes out. Press a button, stop the clock. When it comes back in, start the clock again. But then as fans, we need to see that, don't we? Well, well, as fans, we need to understand what they're talking when the referee's talking about doing rugby. When the referee's talking to VAR, we want to hear that as well, but I don't think that will come in. Of course, but it should be, you know, if you're going to do it to the letters they're asking, then stop the clock, bump. Stop it. Then when it starts, click it on again. That's the only way you can do it. But, you know, that kicking the ball away, I agree with Buckham. Eventually, you stop kicking the ball away. It, it then, just, like, listen, you're talking five, six, eight, seven, seven, but it all adds up over a game or kicking the ball away or or managers that have been, you know, have been over the top. You know, I'm not saying for, for a second that Pep's not been one of them. He has in you know, at times. But, you know, Arteta last year was just beyond it. Plot beyond it. I mean, they just over the top with it, with the, uh, you know, to an extent, how how did Klopp get away with when they were playing Everton? When he ran on the pitch and celebrated with the goal in the middle of the pitch. How did he not get fined or banned for that? You know, so we can have managers. I mean, this is an experienced manager that does this. So, you know, we want all, and I'm glad to see a McAllister today get yellow card. He gets fouled. Of course he gets fouled. Then he's put his hand up. Card, card, booking. All right. The the, the perpetrator sh- should have got yellow card. It was a foul. The, the, the referee, you know, any other time of the game would have given a yellow card for that because he took him out. But you can't have the opposition point. You know, that's bringing, that's bringing the European side of football into the English football. I know we've got that in the European players playing here now, but that's coming in that we don't want in English football putting, you, putting up the manager's... Arteta putting his hand up. Give him a card, give him a card. Stop it, stop. Let the referees under enough pressure. Let him do his job and be helped by either his assistants or VAR, you know, and hopefully they get it right, than to have to put up with referees, uh, sorry, with uh, managers and players who are making the game so hard for him, which is already an almost difficult task to, uh, you know, to, to try and administer. So some of the things I'm happy with, but, you know, like I think I said before we came on air, there might be times this season that I go to a game, and by the time that game's finished, I might not have gone into my next year, but I might be into the year after. So you say Newcastle fans getting half past one in the morning, which day? It could, it could be Tuesday by the time they get back. So we can't have this which is going on for... I mean, down at Wembley last week, was farcical. Where, where they give 30, I know five minutes they had to give because of the injury, but you had another eight minutes. When that came up, eight minutes, I thought, well, eight minutes? And then the five minutes. So 13 minutes, I understand the five minutes for, because of the injury, that's acceptable. But I don't know where they found the other eight minutes. But if that's going to be a case all season, you know, there won't be enough, you know, you won't even be able to get a night's sleep in the morning by the time you get enough. <laughs> I agree with you more now. Hopefully, Harlan, we, we record this on Zoom these days. I can see Harlan is blinking, so that means the screen <laughs> hasn't frozen this time. So, um, Harlan, ask him about his two goals he scored. That, that, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that's uh, Harlan. Harlan, <laughs> and this is Harlan. <laughs> yeah, but you have got both. Hey, we're back. Enjoyed both. Worked hard. Kept myself fit all summer. Buzzing to go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I'd like to start with the game. You know, all that all that, that you're talking about, Gary, um, is 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 very relevant. And I think that you know the amount of variables that the referees are looking at now to add time on. Um, you know, I understand some of them, like you said, the kicking the ball away, the the the, the other gamesmanship type stuff that we talk about. Um, that's not necessarily against the rules because it's their unwritten rules, but players choose to do them. The carding, the the, the gestures in the gestures of of giving a card, him a card, all that kind of stuff is is not nice to see. That kind of stuff is what's slowly but surely detaching football fans from top level football, and you know you you, you see that much extra stuff going on now to try and influence top-level football matches. And, and and then you look at the money in the game and you look at everything else. You don't want it to become pantomime. You want it to, to stay as a game of football. And I think that over the last couple of years, we've been we've been dangerously close to, to turn it into a bit of a pantomime. Uh, the more changes we make, one rule changes one year, the season after it's changed to another rule. Uh, the offside rule next year will be Wenger's new ruling, the UEFA ruling. Um, which will be, oh, sorry, the FIFA ruling, that if you are, you know, if any part of your body is still in line with the defender, you're onside, whereas today Salah was offside because his leg, or, sorry, his body was in front of the, uh, or, or beyond the back line. So I think, you know, the fact that we're constantly changing rules year on year, instead of just going, this will be the season that all of these rules come into play and we will test them all at the same time, means that the integrity of the game is constantly up and down and affected every year. Um, but all of that stuff is, is is well relevant and I'm sure that we'll we'll see how it all pans out over the, the next year or two. Um, the match at Burnley, obviously my first away game of the season, Vinny's first game, just had to be there. Uh, badgering Mr Jones for, for tickets during the summer and he managed to sort me out in the end, so we're uh, buzzing with that. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy for me to get tickets to away games uh, based on points. Um but Andy was kind enough to to get me tickets for a, for a game that I really wanted and needed to be at. Um, one, it's Vinny's first game um, back in the Premier League, but this time as a manager, I knew the atmosphere would be fantastic. It was a northwest based game, um, and it was going to be against the side that, that are, you know very very good and that play very good football. And quite frankly, destroyed the championship last year, like bit like Wolves did a few years back. And it, it, it panned out exactly how I said it would on the on the vlog, Ian. Um, you know, I knew it wouldn't be a six-nil drubbing. I knew it wouldn't be a you know a six-seven-nil drubbing. I knew they did put it on us a bit. You know, they did chance their arm uh, on the counter. You know, they try and 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 play patterns around us and, and just try and show their metal really. And they did that for for you know, large parts of the first half. Um, we were just too good. And I think it links back to what what Gary always says when he's on about the quality of the of the players we've got. For whatever they have, our players have got an extra 30 or 40% more than them. Uh, and in individual duels, there's that cuteness. There's that thing you're talking about with that little nick away from a player to keep the ball moving, to keep that momentum um, in possession. And all of those things, um, you know, Burnley didn't didn't have in their armoury. And I think that that's why, in the end, we, we, we ended up, I wouldn't say bowling them all, but just being the more superior force at Turf Moor. But they're a, they're a good side. Um, you know, they move the ball well. I definitely think, having seen what they did against us, that, that Vinny will have them playing mid-table football this season. Uh, and, and within two or three years, they'll be maybe challenging for the Conference League if he can you know, bring better European players in year on year and build on what he's already established there. 
Um, but yeah, I was I was very impressed with what what Burnley did, and um, I thought we started quite slack. Um, we were clearly short of the fitness levels of other sides that have played more pre-season games, but we grew into it. The second half was much better. Uh, when Kevin went off, I saw a lot of fans with their head in their hands. Um, disappointing because he went off in the Champions League final, but we managed to get through that at the end. And I feel like we built enough of a squad now, even with Gundogan leaving, um, that the the pivotal, crucial, talismanic players not being part of the first team squad week by week is is less of a damaging thing now, being that we've got such a, a team ethic and and so many different dynamics in the side. Um, you know, even even Boo Grealish infield and and let him be a bit more bit more free roaming. And I think again, you've got you've got you know an option out there to maybe play somebody else out wide on that left hand side. So the strength in depth that we've got now means that you you don't suffer as much as maybe we would have done under Pellegrini or even Pep's first two seasons. And Kovacic came on for me and was was a shining light in there with Rodri. Felt like he and I don't want to compare him to Gundogan because they're very different players. You'd like to think that Kovacic has got more needle than Gundogan. Um got that Croatian spirit uh, a bit more streetwise than maybe Gundogan was. But Gundogan had that that amazing knack of recycling possession in in a way that only very few players can, you know, lock picking and breaking down low blocks and that kind of thing. I think that was his main strength and arriving late at the box. I think Kovacic, first game from the City fans away from home in the Premier League, um, didn't lose the ball much, kept possession really well, um, battled when he needed to, won his individual duels and slotted in nicely with Rodri. So I think that Seamlessly, Pep's managed to do it, do it again, really, and soften the blow of losing a really crucial player in Gundogan. And if one more is to depart, I'm sure that we'd like to step Gary the addition of Paqueta. He'll turn him into to, to, to a next-level player based on what we already know about him. Uh, and maybe it is the beginning of the end for Kev, but I hope it's not. Um, but you look at his age, you look at the amount of injuries he's had in consecutive seasons now. Um, maybe he plays 20 games max this season, um, but I do want to see him back. I know City are interested or seem to be interested in Jeremy Doku, who's also a sort of an attacking winger. Um, I wonder whether, and maybe Gary's the first one to ask about this one, is if if De Bruyne is going to be out now for, you would think, at least as long as it was from the Champions League to now, if it's the same thing and he's got to be even more gentle with it, which could be six to eight weeks, you know, and, and if that's quite a you know big chunk of a season, it's the start of the Champions League, it's the, obviously going to be the Super Cup. I know you've outlined this, this early group of games, Gary, which on paper looks a little bit easier and... We know how good this team is. It, it seems to be whoever drops out, somebody else comes in, a Rico Lewis or a Cole Palmer or whoever it might be, and City just seem to carry on purring along like the, the brilliant machine they are. But so should somebody, should City now, should Cheeky be looking to actually sign somebody who effectively replaces Kevin De Bruyne? And when I say replaces, we all hope he'll come back. We all hope he'll play again at his absolute peak. But somebody who, who is... That good in that position should be looking for that. But um, the news I heard that when he walked out to Moor, he didn't walk out as though he was it was you know like he did for the Champions League final. So maybe he's tweaked it, maybe it's it's uh, torn it because he, he he tore it last time. I think it was a third degree, which is not the worst. And I don't think this is as bad as that. Now, but you need to get to the bottom of it because once you get a hamstring, I do know unless you get that cured. 
it stays with you forever. It does stay like with Michael you forever. Owen. Michael Owen had a yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. Ryan Giggs had the same problem. Um, once you get a hamstring, it's really difficult to get because you, all your acceleration, everything, your, your bursts, all comes. And, um, but we don't want that. But I think it's not a case of replacing Kevin. I think whether Kevin had got that injury or not, he was still looking to bring in another player. Uh, as for um, the uh, the Rens strike, is it Doc Docket? Yeah, who I believe is um, a Belgian international as well. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he's only twenty, perfect age. When you think of Kovacic, who came at twenty nine, which is it, 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 I think that's the only player I can think of that's coming at that age. That Pepper's bought. He always buy people around 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, uh, were, you know, all the best years ahead of him. I mean, when you think what, what Kovacic has, has done is um, is phenomenal. And you think of the teams he's played at and, and what he's picked up. So he, he is a serial winner. Um, so I understand why he's brought him in for his experience. Gundogan's gone. He's come in. But whether or not Kevin had got the injury or not, I still think he, he's looking to bring that Paqueta in and obviously that that docu. So he's brought in Guardiola, which I think is, uh, you know, when you listen to players after one week of training, being, you know, taken aback by his strength, his power, his, his coolness on the ball, his, his distribution after one week of training, it just it just shows you what a, why City wanted him. And, and, and now they've got him. And obviously he wants to work under Pep. He wants to play in this team. So, it, you know, it's only looking good for us, but we will do all we can. I'd be surprised if we don't if we don't get that at Paqueta because obviously City going after him. Maybe not at the at the ninety five million that um, that West Ham want, but certainly I think we will get him before. If I'll be surprised if we don't because it looks as though we set our sights on him and and that Doku. I think we've been looking at him for like three years now since he impressed in the in the younger. Uh, uh, um, International, so he will he, he will be one that will come in just like Asani did, uh, you know. So he'll give us a wide, a wide, a natural winger that really Paul Palmer isn't, but can play there. Um, you know, Jack's not a natural winger; he isn't because he played all his time inside a Villa, but we made him into a wider player, but not a natural winger. So I'd imagine those two players. I'd be surprised if we don't pick up both of those players before. Um, before the end of the transfer window, and then and then our business is done, and that is one hell of a squad we've got. Going going forward, um, Gary, I think I think with Paqueta, he, he's proven in the Premier League. I think you know he he he's played well when we've played against West Ham in the past. You know he's he's you know Brazilian, which you know without being location specific, um, you know Brazilian players always have that extra bit of flair, and you know you associate them with having that that kind of Samba mentality about the way they approach the football matches that they play in, and I think that you know we 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 haven't had that since um, you know really that 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 early period uh, under new ownership. Um, Fernandinho, of course, offered bits bits of that in in a, in a deeper role, but I think with Paqueta, what 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 he'd offer us in terms of what what we know about him and what we've seen him do against us, and, and I think again, what I've mentioned this on pods before. Pep seems to be a huge fan. Um, and other managers do this as well at all levels, I'm sure. Um, in fact, I know they do. But he he judges players and, and goes after players once he's seen how they play against us. And I think it, it's, it's the best marker for Pep to see how that player would play for us 
if they can cope with playing against us because we are the best test for players if we are the best side in the world, um, you know, if not Europe. So, Paqueta's always had good games. He's always affected games, all right. We beat West Ham comfortably over the last couple of years by a couple of games. Um, but he's he's been a shining light for them in, in, in that little uh, pocket of space or in them pockets and as a number 10. And and he's somebody that I think would offer what what Kevin maybe doesn't necessarily offer in the the number 10 role, um, but then would also learn that role, um, you know, that, that, that Kevin offers us with regards to playing maybe riskier passes, you know, taking the ball by the horns more in games that maybe aren't going well uh, and trying to affect games from deep position, dive spaces uh, and, and trying to play early crosses, which I think is something that, that Pep clearly believes he could potentially develop into doing because otherwise you wouldn't go after him as intensely as we are. With Doku, you know, again, the last out-and-out winger we had was Sterling uh, and Sane before, Gary, as you, as you eloquently mentioned. So I think, it, again, it's it's another way of maybe moving Jack inside and, and, and allowing him at 27, 28 to go back into where he started at, at Aston Villa um, and maybe offer what, what he's got in his locker in a more central role, which would allow him to become much more unpredictable and less predictable. Although I think last season, um, after the podcast that you were on with us, Gary, uh, you know, speaking about Grealish intently and saying that you know, it is his second season. He is a confidence player. Once he starts to get a couple of assists and a couple of goals, he'll fly. He actually did do that. So congratulations on the prediction, Gary, because it was one of his best seasons ever as a professional. And and he certainly contributed hugely to the treble winning season for us, I think. Well, you know something, sorry, just come in there. Jack Grealish has to play games. He can't be left out for five games and come in. You noticed his best form came when he had a regular space there, and he played week in, week out, week in, week out. Okay, he didn't play the um, he didn't play the two games towards the end of the season. Then he played in the FA Cup. He was a yard off the pace. Played in Champions League. He was a yard off the pace, in my opinion, to what he was doing before then. Um, so I think for Jack Grealish, he needs to play week in, week out because he needs that fitness level. You know, yeah, you know, I, that's what I believe. I believe he has to play to play at that fitness level, to play at our tempo, to be able to get the best out of him. When he doesn't play and he comes in every two or three games, I don't think he gets the best from it. He's not, he doesn't have, he loses that yard. And he's not the fastest, but he's lost that yard. And when you lose that yard, he ends up playing back, square, back, square, as he did when he first joined us, as opposed to when he's getting it and running it not only. Uh, at the fullback, but also coming in field as well and playing people in. He needs to have, he, he needs to play on a regular basis. And we know with Pep, nobody's guaranteed to play a regular, but I think to get the best out of Jack, you have to play him more than just bring him in, take him out, bring him in, take out, like he does with other players. And this yeah. week's podcast, I'm going to make slightly shorter than uh, than some of the others because we've got another big, big week coming up. So I want to move on now to the, the game coming up in midweek, uh, which is the Super Cup. Uh, I know, Stephen, you're going over there. So first of all, tell us your plans and what you expect to see in Greece because we have a Greek expert with us today, um, a former <laughs> City player who played over there. So we'll get Gary's uh, expertise in a second. But tell us about your... your. I'll be going over there as well, by the way, and I've never been to Athens before, so I don't quite know what to expect. Do you? No. Uh, well, I expect it to be warm, put it that way. Uh 
the only thing is, is that we're leaving, I think, five to seven Wednesday morning via Munich, arrive at half past two in the afternoon. So by the time we get to the centre, it's probably going to be half three-ish. A uh, few drinks, watch the game, and then straight back to the airport after the match for a six o'clock flight out of Athens in the morning and back in Manchester at 10 via Munich. So You're Back to work at 11. It's going to be short and sweet anyway, but no, looking forward to the game, actually. Uh, Does it matter, Stephen? I mean, you know, one or two people said to me the changes that Pep made at Burnley might have been, we don't know the extent perhaps of Ruben Diaz and John Stones and whatnot. Uh, I think Ruben Diaz had an injury for sure. He had concussion He had concussion for the game before, so the the FA make you can't play for so many days, so that's why you but the sort of sceptics, if you like, were saying, oh, he's rested them because the Super Cup's more important. Yeah. And then I've heard other people say, surely the Newcastle game's more important than the Super Cup. So just before I bring Gary back in, Stephen, which is more important to you? They both are. They're, every game you is. Can't every answer. You, no, no, I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> we, can't, we can't take anybody lightly, as we've said before, even Fulham at home or Sheffield United away. But this is an important game on Wednesday. We need to win that trophy. Then, so we've won the European Super Cup. Is it more important than the Community Shield then? Because some of us is the European Community Shield. No, this is far more important than the Community Shield. It was disappointing not to win it, as Gary said before, because it just adds another one. But this is another one that's ticked off the list. No, none of these uh, teams that have won it before can come back at us anymore. These. The songs are fading fastly. What they what they can sing against us now. Uh, so for me, it's a really important game. That's why I've made the effort to go. It's not it's not the cheapest time to go in August, as you know as well on your plans. But it's a really important game. And then Newcastle is another big game for us to put a marker down. So yeah, looking forward to Wednesday. Looking forward to Wednesday. But in in both competitions. The European Super Cup and the World Club Championships. Win them both. And then that's everybody's finished with us. Then they've got nothing to say. Alan, is is the is the Super Cup right at the top of your agenda? Or are you thinking of Newcastle? Or just just give us your thoughts on the Super Cup. Well, like you said, before before Gary gives us the, 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 the Greek uh toy guide and, and, and gives the fans everything they need to know about the localities of where they can get the best Greek beers and everything. Um I think I I I grew up in an era where, and I'm not not didn't go to York away, and I obviously wasn't wasn't in the doldrum doldrums. But I grew up at a time where winning the Thomas Cup trophy was was the ambition, and, and just qualifying for the UEFA Cup or playing TNS and trying to beat them and then get to the next qualifying round was was the limit. Um, so to now think that the Super Cup is the game after the Champions League and Europa League finals. Um, and that, that it's there to be won, why would you not want to win it? I think you know, I've seen Chelsea do it. We've seen you know, United go and do it. Um, you know, Liverpool have won it. So, you, you, you know, the, the, the other you know, three of the other top four, top six sides have gone and won this. So we, we've got to go and win it to tick it off, like Stephen said, um, and to enjoy the and reap more dividends from, from the treble last season because it follows on nicely from the Champions League win. If we don't win it, then nobody's going to start losing sleep over the fact we did it. And it's not going to take any uh, credit away from anything we did last season at all. But we should beat Seville. 
Um, we should beat Sevilla. You know, we, we beat them on the way to winning the Champions League last season. I think Lopetegui lost his job at Sevilla a couple of weeks after we beat them. And you actually rightfully said that he was in big danger of losing his job after we beat them that night at, um, oh, sorry, in Seville. Um, he's obviously now lost his job again at Wolves. Um, but Seville are a good side um, in their own right, their own league, but they don't really do anything in the Champions League, really. And they're a serial team of winners in their own competition, which they've made their own, which they've won more times than anybody else in, in the Europa League. So and it's a good challenge to, to play them in a competition after they've won theirs and we've won ours. And I think that, that itself offers a, a, a nice fixture. But the Newcastle game for me, keep players fit. If we're winning 2 or 3 nil or, or 1 or 2 nil, and we can rotate and, and, and we can, we can, you know, wrap players in cotton wool, bubble wrap and get ready for the Newcastle game, uh, then do that. Um, I don't care whether we win this 1-0 or 5-0, uh, just win it and then move on to Newcastle and get everybody fit for that and, and ready to go. But yeah, you have to win it. And then the Club World Cup again, we'll win that as well. If it's there to be won in, let's try and win it. If we don't, no one's going to start crying. It's not like losing the Champions League final, but please win it if we can. I've had one trip to uh, to Greece to watch City, Gary, and that was Salonika, Aris Salonika. Mm. Uh, I have to say that the that's a different land. Trust me, that is a different like that is a different land. They hate each other. Salonika, uh, Thessaloniki, and Athens. It's like war. Well, it was. It, it felt a bit like war when I was out yeah. there. It was really, really intense. Now I know City aren't playing a Greek team, but we also know that last week there was trouble in Athens. Somebody got killed. Yeah. And uh, so there might be a little bit of anxiety. So with your expertise, uh, remind us where you played and, and and what you know now about Athens that you can pass on to us as travellers. Yeah, it's a long time ago, uh, Ian, but Panionius, which is the oldest, um, which is the oldest uh, team in Greek football, they they've been they've been uh, now demoted out of the top league over a few years because of. Um, of, uh, I think, deception or something with the, the president that was there. It happens quite a lot in Greece, but it's happened to uh, to, to Panionius. And they are, they're the oldest, they were the oldest team in, in Greek football. They're on the outskirts of Athens in the place called Niasmania, which is halfway between Athens and Karaskagi, where, where the game would be played in, in Piraeus. Uh, but, you know, if you want to, if you want to head for light, light refreshments, which the lads will likely do, is that I would get myself out of Athens, which will be absolutely bedlam in August, get to a place called Glyfada, which is on the coast, which is just, it's it's down, it, it's out of Athens, down Singuru Avenue, which is the main avenue that takes to Piraeus. And if you went left then, head towards Glyfada, there's uh, some nice, um, uh, let's say, there's some nice inns to frequent down there where you can keep off the Uzo if you want to watch the game, have some of the light beers, a bit of the... The old Kyriakdiki salad, the village salad, get that down, your bit of wine, but make sure you're in good state to get yourself to the ground. So from Glyphada to get prayers, it's probably about 20 minutes. So at least you're, on, you're not coming out of Athens. And I would, I'd get myself down that way, have a light bit of, of refreshments. But as for the game, um, yes, which is more important? The next game is always more important. And that's not just doing the old adage it is as important as a professional you can't look too far ahead Pep's already said that about can you win the league said who knows at the bottom of the mountain we have to climb again now it's the next game and from the next game from Burnley we'll give you a bit of confidence going to the next game you win that you do the next game 
winning gives you the confidence. Yes, we want to win it. Of course, we want to win it. As uh, I think Alan said, you know, everybody else has won it. I think Liverpool's won it. I think United may have won it. I think everybody that have gone into that have won it just as much as we want to win when we go to Dubai. Uh, um, I think in in December, we want to win that. Liverpool won it. Why not? We've got a squad. We've got good enough players. Sevilla lost their first first game of the season at home against Villarreal uh, at the weekend. So they're not coming in with plenty of confidence. We've smashed them twice in the last... I think we beat them six at home, did we? And four away. I was at the away game as well, of course. Um, So some of those players will still be there. Some of those players will remember. And trust me, when you've had a smashing twice... I don't care. And you look and you see the team's got even stronger. You know, it, it puts it puts that doubt in your mind before you even get on the pitch. When you just look at the names that's on that team sheet, Pep will play strong. He will want to win it. There's no two ways about it. The club will want to win it. And then, again, it's all good for preparation for Newcastle because it's getting more, um, it's getting more uh, minutes into the legs of the players and he will rotate. He will change the team around. As Alan said, it would be great for He will rotate without doubt. He'll bring players in, give them minutes, give them time. Maybe even Ortega may even start in goals as opposed to Edison to keep him sharp. So, in case we ever need him, in case, uh, Edison may uh, pick up an injury or something. So, he will rotate that thing. But I've no doubt we'll win the game. I've no doubt we'll win the game because if you're going to go all the way to Athens, four and a half hours flying in that heat and you're going to have to play a team, a civilian, why, would you, why would you not take it serious? No, you want to win. You want to win every game. And I believe City will win it. Um, and and Sevilla will look at this as just, yeah, OK, we'll do our best, but we want to stay in that La Liga because last year they were teaching towards the bottom. They had a little bit of a run that got them uh, got them up the table a bit. And then they had that unbelievable run, as Arne has already said, where they seem to have made that Europa Cup their own. They've won about six times, I think, in the last 10 years. So we will beat them. I've no doubt about that. I look forward to watching the game. It's a shame I can't be there. Uh, and then... It'll put everybody in, in good spirits to welcome Newcastle on the Sunday. But I, I still think, as Pep said, you know, it doesn't help. We don't get help with the fixtures because we're playing uh, on a Wednesday night at uh, whatever time it is, I don't know, eight o'clock at night, which is nine o'clock their time, I think, maybe. So we're playing there. Then we've got to, we're probably still overnight there. I can't see us flying back through the night. And then we've got to get back on the Thursday. We've got one day to prepare Friday, and you've got the game on Saturday and kicking off at 8 o'clock. Your body clock doesn't play football at 8 o'clock on a Saturday in the English League. So everything, your body clock, everything's got to be readjusted again. And uh, and Newcastle will test us. So we have to be fully right, starting with beating severe and then getting our rest and getting ourselves right and getting our mentality. One thing for certain is that Pep Guardiola will not let them think anything's easy, whether it's Sevilla or Newcastle. They will be well prepared, so I'm looking forward to this week. Well, with great, great thanks to uh, to Gary Owen, former City player, and to two fabulous contributors in Harlan and Steve, who are regular contributors to all the stuff that I do. Um, remember, there is no... There is no sponsor on this podcast at the moment. Uh, so if you know somebody or you are in a position to help support it, then contact me. Um, one person who has done that, certainly as far as the uh, the YouTube videos is concerned, is the uh, solicitor and director of Kenway Miller, uh, Matthew. And their expertise is in motoring offences. So if you have been involved in some incident where you're facing a, a motoring offence, contact them. Uh, their website is motoringoffencelawyers.com and mention 
pension us as well when you contact them and thanks very much to them but if you want to sponsor the podcast then you can do that um last word to you gary then um obviously with great thanks to you to coming on again yeah. again time um you're looking forward to the next week i'm looking forward to this season now uh, I, I, I didn't want it to start back too soon but now it's got going the enthusiasm starts going but one one fact which I can tell you from my Greek time is that I still think I hold a record, which will take some beating, actually. I was sent off after 17 seconds play, playing against uh, playing against uh, Diagoras in, uh, in, 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 uh, in Corfu. So uh, 17 seconds. So that takes some beating. But anyway, and, and by the way, I only came on as a sub because he didn't want me to get booked because we had Olympiakos in the semi-final of the Cup of the, uh, the next weekend, said to me, promise you won't get in trouble. I think that's, uh, I think that boat sailed. Johnny, that's, that's Balotelli behaviour, that. That's Balotelli behaviour. <laughs> yeah. Vinny well, Jones did that, I'm sure, at City and at Main Road once, got kept, sent off within, maybe it was 18 seconds, maybe he didn't beat Well, I'm one of that Greek football, 17 seconds, and unfortunately, I'm still banned in Europe for one match as well, so. Uh, <laughs> although we love Bernard Alford, and God bless his soul, he was not the best defender <laughs> defence for you when, when he went up against UEFA. So I've still got one match left in Europe. So if anybody needs um, an aging midfield player just to put me on for a minute, please help me. I don't want to be on my tombstone. Born this date, died that, but still suspended. And if you need a better <laughs> solicitor to, to defend you than Bernard Alford, Ken Wendell is solicitors. <laughs> Thank, thanks very much for, for listening and sharing and retweeting and all that and I really appreciate it and what a week to be a blue isn't it great to be a blue <laughs>